1: This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everyone. Welcome to my program, Afternoons with Mike, her daily right here on The Shepherd. We're going to dial back just for a moment to the beginning of the pandemic. It was really in uh, around March of 2020, the last time that I had Pete Fulch on, he had been on one other time uh, prior to that. But on this particular day, it was kind of a shocking thing. Uh, Pete's world had kind of suddenly changed. And he was up here talking about what new directions he was going to be going in. Pete is one of these marketing guys that you just love to be around. He's uh, He's a speaker. He's an author. Uh, he is just an all-around great guy. Pete Fulch, welcome back to the program.
0: Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me on the radio again. I appreciate that. Appreciate uh, uh, an opportunity to, to chat with you and uh, hopefully be a blessing to all your listeners out there.
1: Well, I know you will be. Uh, you know, the first time I ever heard you, Pete, you spoke, and it, I, I don't. you would remember the exact month, but I'm, I'm thinking about, about January or so of... Um, of yeah. 2020, I believe, if if I'm not mistaken, yeah,
0: that is correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and then you came up to visit, and we we had a great program, and uh, you know, the it was a beginning of 2020. Man, I don't know about you, but I had all sorts of cliches about that year. I was I was asking the Lord for a, a, a you know a, a new direction and what I was calling 2020 vision. Lord, give me 2020 vision and man, did 2020 just bop our eyes, didn't it? It just knocked us right in the head. But for you in 2020, in the month of March, uh, everything became a swirl. Why don't you remind our listeners what happened?
0: Yeah, it cer- certainly did. Yeah, I remember in January, I, I spoke for what was maybe the third or fourth time at the Christian Chamber of Commerce luncheon. And I always enjoy speaking at those. And... um uh, I was currently working. I, I, I had my 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 training consulting, leadership development company going, Sequoia go and Finish Strong. But a friend of mine had um, challenged me and invited me to come back to the restaurant world, come back to the corporate world, and help out uh, a restaurant group that was kind of struggling. So I was their director of leadership development uh, for about a 104 a th- rest 104 restaurant restaurant chain that um, they had actually closed a number of restaurants, so they were. They were down to that number nationwide, and I was working. and I I spoke. I remember I I was sharing about what that experience was like to help help that organization uh, turn it around. And and it would, the the speech I gave, the message I gave was service that changes the heart and changes the world. Yeah. And um, so that uh, that is where I met you. And so uh, it, I I spoke there, and uh, you and I had connected, and we 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 uh, scheduled time on the radio. And, um, and it, it, COVID was, you know, we didn't know to what degree COVID was going to happen or what, what, what degree it was going to impact us. The, um, first week in March, my daughter got married and we remember that wedding as the, the wedding that took place before the world shut down. Uh, she got married, uh, March, uh, March 13th and, um, had it been another week, Mike that she wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been able at First Baptist to have the at First Baptist Orlando have that wedding. I know so uh, the wedding so we hit the, so my daughter got married and that was of course a big deal. The world shut down and then the week after the wedding is when I got laid off. The uh, company I was working with declared bankruptcy and I got laid off and actually this was the second time in my career getting laid off The first time I was given a very nice generous severance package this time no severance. So here I am trying to to pick up the pieces and get back into my consultancy business full-time as COVID really hit and things were locking down. Uh, Companies were no longer having events and training, so that was a very challenging time.
1: You know, you think back, your position, the uh, level of your job, uh, I think people who are listening, who are in, higher level, uh, either marketing jobs or business uh, jobs, managing jobs, uh, they would hear you say no severance. And they would be going like, wow, that is so unusual because a company, even if they uh, are under hard times, they usually try to do something. But this one, it was just like a very quick, uh, I guess, out that the company was looking for. And they took it and uh, used those hard times of COVID, which uh, it did affect so many people, especially the restaurant business. I mean, a lot of mom and pop uh, kind of stores and restaurants, they had to go down because they couldn't keep going. They couldn't pay their staff. And uh, so that was a tough, tough time. And I remember just the, the sense of sobriety that I felt in my heart because we hear about things You know, when you read the news or you watch this or this organization falls and you hear about people getting laid off, losing their jobs, it all ending suddenly. But then when you know somebody and for you, when it's you and you're there, uh, that is probably one of the greatest challenges that you'd faced up until that time
0: yeah uh it definitely was in fact, i had someone very close to me said uh, uh, uh i'm amazed that you're able to talk talk about it um because again uh, there was there's sometimes be the sense when these things happen you you're 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 shy about talking about it or that that it happened to you, but it did happen and and you know the the company I was working with they were doing the best they could they just weren't in the financial uh, position to be able to absorb a hit like that, and a lot of restaurant groups and, and other companies weren't, and, and, and it hit, it impacted the business, and, you know, they had to make some, some very tough decisions, and so, so yeah, so, uh, you know, there I was at the uh, end of March here trying to, um, to, 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 you know, I was doing some things with my business outside of what I was doing for this restaurant group, but uh, not to the degree um, of where I was uh, doing it full-time, so I had to kind of Figure out, okay, Lord, where do we go from here in trying to get my my consultancy uh, back to a higher level and and build it back to a higher level? As again, as things have just shut down,
1: were you able to jenny that business up to being a full time job? Um,
0: I, I was. I, I and, and you know it was interesting because uh, the business dramatically changed. There was no more keynote speaking at that point in time. There was no more live training sessions, which is which uh, I, I love I love doing, and so. I had to convert uh, the business to online training and online coaching. And if I did a keynote address, it was um I did it uh through through Zoom. I did it through for an online con- convention. You know, I for don't even think com-
1: I don't think Go Pete ahead. I'd even heard from Zoom. I don't think I'd ever heard that term before uh this whole thing with the COVID lockdown. That that's about the time that Zoom just really uh, pardon the pun. They zoomed onto the scene, and they
0: certainly did. It
1: was a technology that was born for such a time as this, huh?
0: It really was. It really was. So some some companies asked me to record a video message that they would play online at a, at their meeting or their conference. Uh, but uh, if I attended any networking events, it was certainly online. Um, I, I did, and I and again I I was. The Lord blessed uh, the, the the my efforts there, and one of the sessions I did, and again, it's just the, the magic of technology and Zoom. I was able to do a training session that involved an audience from the USA, France, and India all at the same time.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And uh, so the, the company hired me to do some uh, service sessions with them, uh, and so I, I did two sessions. Of course, uh, the time zone made it tricky here, but, um, but uh, that was, here I am at home, in my office, and I'm communicating with folks in different parts of the world and, and conducting and, training. And, and unless was, you know was... French
1: and Farsi or whatever uh, as well, <laughs> you, you had to have some interpreters going on, right?
0: Uh, well, thankfully, the, the, the audience uh, d- did know English well enough uh, to, to make it through that, yes. Uh,
1: oh, wow. But, that's yeah. great. So you were able to do it in English, and they listened and understood you. That it, That's really wonderful.
0: Yes. Yes, they, uh, they did.
1: Were that in reverse, that would never work for me. I'm I afraid.
0: Know, yeah, no, it would not have. It would <laughs> not have. But I, I tell you what, Mike. I think I burn more calories doing the online sessions than the live sessions because, again, I want to keep that engagement. I want to keep the energy going, and um, and and so I feel like I work harder just as I'm looking at folks through through um, you know through through a computer or or seeing the array of pictures of their at home. Um, listening and hearing and, you know, again, trying to make sure I'm reading all the signals and keeping the audience engaged.
1: You know, for all the talk that we've done on this program about the lockdown and that uh, very weird time where COVID had just caused, you know, all public gatherings, if you will, to kind of be over and churches even ended their Sunday services and Uh, There's not been a lot said about that very thing that you just brought up, about the difference in mentality for professional speakers and consultants who go and address uh, groups uh, in civic clubs or uh, business organizational meetings or conventions or whatever. There's not been a lot said about the different kind of mindset that you have to get in, you have to kind of get yourself prepared for when you're going to be addressing people in that kind of a sterile situation, because instead of being in a meeting room where there's lots of energy and there's a lot of buzz and you feel, you get to see the faces, you, you feel the air in the room, and then you go from that to sitting at your desk in your home and you've got a computer. I don't care how many little boxes of people there are up in front of you. That is an entirely different thing, isn't it?
0: It certainly is. It, it certainly is, and uh, so you really have to get, be be creative, and um, and again, and I and I'm I'm one that likes to, as I address uh, live audiences, I I do like to walk around the room or move around. I don't stand behind the podium, and but yet I'm here, and if I move, they can't see me. So yeah. like, <laughs> oh but, man! Um, so yeah, it was a, it was is and I think it caused companies to 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 rethink you know uh, how do we do training how do we want to uh, conduct meetings and 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 not that we uh, want to continue and always be electronic i think we're seeing a, a trend now back to where companies are having live events uh, there is something to be said for that human interaction live but uh, again during covid this was this was the option we had to work with
1: you know and there's a group of people at our own church when we were in that lockdown as a church the church I attend, I mean, that was bizarre. One of the ways that I was able to serve my church back then was to kind of help direct the audio. But the people, the pastor who was speaking, who was preaching that particular day, was standing in the same spot in the same room where we normally would have had a church service full of people. And he was standing there to empty chairs and trying to preach and trying to direct the same kind of level of thought and believing God for the anointing of the Lord to be upon you while you speak, and uh, you know just trusting the Lord with uh, the words that come in the sermon. And one of the pastors, he did the funniest thing. He he had a, he had a, a a child that had a bunch of stuffed animals, so he brought all of these stuffed animals and set them in the front row of the seats, and he would look at those stuffed animals yes. <laughs> while he preached. I thought that was the funniest thing. Uh, That was hilarious. But I guess you got to do what you got to do to stay focused and keep eye contact. But boy, that was a weird time. And I pray we never go back to that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes.
1: So where are you based now?
0: Well, uh, I'm still based here in Orlando. And it was interesting because, again, we're talking through change and how God puts you in a position where you do have to pivot. You do have to make a change. This is not necessarily your comfort zone, and yet you make it, make a change to make it work. I, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, was just interacting on LinkedIn uh, with a, a couple of other trainers I know, and it was just kind of a, 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 a random conversation. Um, uh, somebody reached out to me and says, P- "How you doing, Pete?" and and um, he, he said, "You know what? I, I, I'm I'm doing this technology training. I'm 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 working in for this consulting group and doing this technology training. And we need more trainers, Pete." So he described the position to me, the contract that he's working through because he's he's doing a lot of what like I'm doing. But I told him initially, I said, "No, this is this is not my fastball. I I I do leadership development. I do." Uh, revitalization of culture, team building. You know, I work with the soft skills, uh, teaching, service skills, and such like that. Tech, you know, technology training, technical training. That's just not my fastball. So that's how I responded back to him. And his response back was, he said, "But you know, I understand that. However, um, with this training, we need people that can bring energy to the training. And you don't have to create anything. The instruction, the the guide, the the, the um, training guides are already put together for you." But we need trainers that can bring energy to this and help you know, take this uh, large organization through some change, and so I felt like God was saying, hey, uh, you know t- take a look at this and and so i oh, decided that sounds to, you know, wonderful yeah, so that's what I'm doing today i am I did go through the uh, interview process I'm working for uh, is a, really a full time contract working for this consulting group servicing this major hospital here in Orlando, major hospital group. They're actually, they're throughout the Southeast. And so uh, my contract has been renewed uh, three times. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm, I still um, have available to do speaking and, and training for different companies. But um, my main work, my main contract, I've been doing this for over a year, is uh, teaching this technology, teaching this this change that they're going through with a scheduling system and helping employees work through the the change of what's happening there for this uh, hospital group. So I am enjoying it. And, but again, like I said, it's one of those things like, Lord, what are you doing here? This is not what I normally used to do <laughs> in here. But right. so, <laughs>
1: well, yeah, you've pivoted again, yet again. And uh, that yeah. is exactly what you've had to do. You know, there was a saying that I heard a, a guy one time, he was, he was one of these dynamic young preachers that, Uh, And there are a lot of people who preach the word of God and they do a wonderful thing, uh, a wonderful ability on a Sunday morning. It's an entirely different, uh, I believe, skill set to be able to do that uh, same thing with a bunch of young people at a youth convention because Mm -hmm. they have to have that level of energy that you're describing right there. And uh, this friend of mine that uh, spoke at one of these big conventions years ago in the mid eighties in Kentucky, he used a phrase, he said, you've got to be able to ring the bell. And I Mm -hmm. thought, I thought that was a great way to put it. I think there's a lot of speakers. There's a lot of preachers who preach well. uh, They don't necessarily ring the bell when Mm that, when they're doing that. And certain circumstances like speaking to youth or, for your example, of uh, working in a technology thing where uh, it, it's easy to doze off, it's easy to kind of miss the the points. you got to have somebody like you, Pete, because when you were speaking at the chamber, man, it was electric. I mean, you were. You were right on it. You were going for it. I was taking, I believe, the biggest notes that I've ever taken at one of those chamber meetings the day that you spoke. And it was just excellent. You gave everyone there something to go home with, uh, some thoughts that were ordered, and I believe very well thought through and helpful. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all that you're doing this. And congratulations on that. That's wonderful.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: My guest today is Pete Fulch, and uh, you've already heard now what Pete is doing. He is a professional speaker, professional trainer. Uh, He is just an all-around nice guy. We're going to be back with Pete in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Pete Fulch is my guest today here on Afternoons with Mike. Pete is a professional speaker, trainer, Uh, really an extraordinarily gifted uh, communicator to businesses of all types. Pete, I remember the day that you spoke in in that January meeting. Um, Man, I I just go back to that, and it just seems like a lifetime ago. I'm sure it does you as well. One of the things that you kind of went into, and I didn't have any idea that you did this, Uh, I I remember being amazed for two different reasons. Number one, you are a marathon runner and that alone amazes me (laughs) how anybody can do that, (laughs) that, you know, I've driven by numbers for years. I've driven by people who are just running in Florida heat and Mm -hmm. uh, they're out on on the morning when I'd be driving in uh, to work, they're running and I'm thinking, man, that's just great. I admire that. (sighs) Uh, when I've tried to run like that, I, I just feel like I'm going to die. And uh, here you are, you're doing it. So that's one thing. Number two, when you run, you had pictures of you running these marathons, but you were running with a, a like a big American flag. So tell us what that was all about.
0: Yes. Well, uh, thank you, Mike. Yeah. I, um, I, I, started running, uh, actually in my college days, I was uh, my I not a natural runner, Not I don't have a cross-country background, but I started to run to try to keep myself in shape and decided to try out a marathon, and again, just to finish, just in that step, that was back in the early 80s, way back, I'm dating myself here, and, and I've kind of continued with with doing that. Again, that when I run these races, I'm not a front-of-the-pack finisher, I'm near the back of the pack, really, but... Um, and, and uh, how many plan,
1: miles now, is that? That's a that's uh, a t- twenty six point. It's
0: uh, a marathon is twenty six point two miles.
1: Yeah, almost over twenty six miles. Yeah, and, and so yes. do you run that twenty six miles? Do you run it at, with a a run, or do you stop and walk along the way, or what happens there?
0: Great question. Um, it depends on the marathon. Uh, uh, most of the marathons, I continue to run. There have been some marathons where I've where I will walk and and some of the runners i train we we have used and experimented with something called the run walk method it 's a interval interval um, method where they 're running for ninety seconds, walking for thirty, running for ninety seconds, running for thirty and that 's a great technique if you are wanting to simply complete a distance, whether it 's a marathon whether it 's a five k ten k half or full distance marathon, and so so anyway, with that, um, I was uh, able to uh, sign up for the 2019 Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. And uh, my goal there, and again, the ultimate goal is to finish all my races. But what I wanted to do with the 2000, because of the theme there, I wanted to run with the American flag. I wanted to do something that would uh, uh, to honor our military so uh, and for the incredible sacrifice and service of so many folks, um, past and present. I also want to do this as an expression of gratitude for our country. And lastly, I wanted to remind people that we are truly one nation under God. And actually, the shirt I run with, um, I have five of them that are custom-made that say, um, Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord, and that we are one nation under God. So that says it on the shirt that I am running with. And um, just to remind people that you know we may have differences of opinion or difference, we may vote differently, but you know what? We are still all on the same team as Americans, mm-hmm. and so anyway, so that is a background. I ran in 2019 uh, Marine Corps Marathon in Washington D.C. The finish line is right in front of the Iwo Jima Memorial, the Marine Corps Memorial, very right there by Arlington National Cemetery. So very powerful environment, and I just uh, saw the reaction of other military and other veterans that have seen the flag. And reacted to the flag. I decided to continue to run with the flag. So to date, Mike, I've now put in over 4,000 miles running with a full-size American flag.
1: Now, when you say a full-size flag, number one, how is it attached to you? Number two, how big is that flag?
0: Yeah, it is a three-foot by five-foot flag. Wow. And it's 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 on a wooden pole. It's you know I've got the lightest weight wood that I can work with to hold the flag and such, but. yeah, so that's it's a full-size American flag um, on a wooden pole, three by five. And is it like harnessed on out. you, or
1: do you just carry it?
0: I I actually uh, carry it. Um, uh, I do not have a satchel or any kind of a holster that I put it in, so I, you know, I carry it by hand. Yes.
1: Oh my word. And and folks, we're talking about carrying this three by five flag, which you know I'm I'm sure unfurled and running. That thing is uh, that thing is quite impressive looking. Uh, it's got a way enough to that it makes a difference when you're running twenty six miles for crying out loud. It's got to make it, a it difference. Does take
0: a, it does take it. It does make a difference, and it it didn't. It wasn't overnight that I could get you know to to, to run that kind of distance with the flag. Uh, but uh, it took it, it took a while to get to that endurance of being able to carry that flag. But uh, and of course, when it rains or it's windy, that adds another couple elements to <laughs> yeah. the um, getting through it all. Not to yeah, mention another couple
1: of pounds, probably, <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that yeah. flag gets wet. Oh, oh but, my goodness! And the wind is just causing ref- uh, all, all the resistance and friction, and just the uh, uh, oh, I, I'm I'm just amazed at you, my friend. But, uh, you know, there's something to be said about that. You mentioned that a lot of times people who are weak in the beginning and they start doing something that they say I'll never be able to do. And somehow our bodies kind of start working with us if you keep telling them that they're going to do it. And that's what you've done. You've got yourself conditioned and you're able to do this and you've put in four thousand miles. Uh, That's got to be incredibly gratifying. To finish a race that is twenty six point two miles
0: well it is gratifying, but it's also even more gratifying to just see the reactions uh, I, I know our military veterans um, they, they you know every, every one of them have different some of them have different struggles that they go through even post um, you know post their service to our country uh, actually I, I, the um, suicide rate for our veterans is um, twenty two times higher than the um, the, you know, the, the American, the average American that hasn't served in the military. So some of them are battling through some things. So to see their reaction, I, I had one gentleman tell me when he I uh, uh, ran the OUC half marathon a couple years ago with the flag, and he saw me cross the finish line. He said he was so choked up that he couldn't speak. He said he wanted to yell at me and say, Pete, thank you. And he, he said, he, I, could, I couldn't get muster the words because I was just Taken back by oh, seeing that flag.
1: That is amazing. Well, it's got to be a sight. And you know, you're doing this in a time where old glory has probably fallen on the hardest times in our American history right now. It's so sad with a lot of uh, professional athletes taking a knee, not even standing for the flag. They won't even stand. And yet you're running a marathon, literally 26.2 mile marathon carrying the flag uh what a difference pete and and that's got to be making statements to anyone who is a veteran who has who would have gone to a war torn area or served sacrificially for years away from their family and they see you running in a race and holding on to the red white and blue that makes a difference
0: it does it really does make a difference
1: now i understand that you did really well in a recent marathon. Tell us about that
0: yeah uh, it, it, about uh three months- it's three months ago march march of uh this year uh i decided to get a step out and um uh to to try something different to try something new here and so uh, I was challenging myself, actually, to uh, my ultimate goal was to run 40 miles with a flag, and so I signed up for this, uh, it was called the Picnic Island Ultra Marathon, 10-Hour Endurance Race. So how far can you go in 10 hours? And it was a trail race, and I've never run a trail race before, it, I've always run on pavement. Trail races can be crushed gravel, or shell rock, or they can be dirt, it can be grass, and so... Um, Back in March 2019, uh, or excuse me, March 19th, 2022, this year, uh, just a few months ago, um, I had signed up for this race, and uh, again, it was a risk for me because it was a new distance. Was, I, I was hoping to get 40 miles. I was thinking on a normal day with the weather, and I'm tracking the weather um, it, it, that I could do that. However, I saw the weather forecast, and I saw that the temperatures were going to be well above normal, and um, and so I'm watching this and, and we're it's leading up to the day and it's it, it it's 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 gonna be an extremely warm day here. And um it's interesting. My wife Lisa and she's my most greatest wonderful support in all of these races. Um and she just she wasn't she wasn't complaining, but she just said, you know, it seems like these bad weather days seem to happen a lot for you, because I've had some other races where, and I just said, you know what, God must be up to something. I've been through enough of these races where I've gone through some tough weather and God's brought me through, so let's see what happens here. So anyway, come the day of the race, the temperatures in the afternoon got up into the upper 80s, the heat index was in this 90s. Oh. So I was doing everything I could to try to stay cool. To, uh, I slowed my pace down by three minutes a mile, um, and and then some, just to again give my body a chance to manage the heat. I was drinking about 80 ounces of water and fluids and Gatorade every time. Uh, every 3.3 miles, there was an aid station I stopped at, and uh, just doing everything I can to keep the body cool and to, to make it through. And I noticed as I completed the laps that some some runners were were dropping out. They were just they just had had it. They just could not continue on. So I said I'm determined to to, um, to get to that 10 hour mark, and so I re- re- reworked my goal. I, I did make it to 36 miles, but as I finished that race, you know I, I was very pleased of given the conditions. I, can, I, I made 36 miles in that kind of condi- uh, in those kind of conditions, completed the 10 hours, and so I go to my lawn chair. I, each runner sets up a little station where they're able to kind of um, take a break if they need to. But um, so I finished the race, finished the 10 hours. The race director comes up to me and says, hold on, don't go anywhere. I think you won an award. And I'm like, award? What do you mean? And, again, as I mentioned before, I'm a back-of-the-pack finisher. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even keep track of, you know, in a, in a race of 20,000, I don't keep track that I finished in the 18,000th mark or whatever. I just, you know, I'm just glad to finish. So I finished this race, this 10-hour race. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I did. I, I finished well in my age group because I didn't see anybody else that was 60 plus out there. So he says, you took third place overall for the male division.
1: Oh my word!
0: And I'm like, really? I mean, I was stunned, Mike. I, I I've never had a podium finish in 40 years of oh. doing marathons. Never, never, never even considered it. Yeah. And um
1: so, so you took I bronze, think, man. You took bronze. <laughs> took
0: the yeah, I took the bronze. <laughs> that's
1: what you did. And, oh man, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and and I think what happened, Mike, and again uh, uh for your listeners listening, what happened is I chose to continue on and not drop out. I mean, I'm, I again, I slowed my pace down and I did multiple things from a you know, physiological standpoint to try to keep myself cool and, you know, not running any heat heat exhaustion. But I I, I am willing to bet, and, and I know there were runners that maybe had physically better condition, higher level of endurance fitness than I did, but mentally they could not continue on. And so I, 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 and I so, you know, it's one of those things where, God, what are you doing here? This is I, you know, here it is. I prepared for this race and I was looking at the almanac and I know what temperatures should be like this time of year, but they weren't, they were up there like almost like today. And it's like, um, okay, but I'm going to bring you through this, Pete. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring you through this lean on me, trust me in this. So did I do some walking in that race? Absolutely. Again, there were times I did some walking, but I stayed in the race. (laughs) I stayed and I kept moving, you know, kept doing the laps, and got to the ten-hour point and, and just crossed the thirty-six-mile mark um, as, I, as time expired, and um, I end up, like I said, placing third place. You know, overall, that's,
1: whew, that's amazing, man. Yeah, it's one thing. I mean, that clearly points out that everybody else they were doing the same thing you were doing, but just not even as good a time as what you did. And so that's uh, that's really amazing to think. That you could deal through all of the weather issues, the heat, the the humidity, the just the fatigue that all of that does, and then the need for uh, hydration has got to be something uh, just unbelievable. Uh, I yeah. bet you lost several pounds in that one, right?
0: Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, I. Uh, I have calculated. Um, I've, you know, there's a there, you can go on the internet and there's different calculators that will you give you tell them how long it took you to run 36 miles and you tell them your body weight and all of that and so some of these races that I've done um, I have um, uh, it, it calculates that I've, I've been well over 10 11 12 thousand calories that I burned mm. um, doing the race. But like I said, I am I am not a gifted runner. I am I am I'm I'm my runner standards uh, uh, heavier. I'm you know six foot three, two hundred and five, two hundred and ten pounds. So um, I, I'm not a I'm not a nice you know s- slim gazelle out there. But um, I, like I said, I, I I readjusted my strategy, and sometimes we have to do that. Uh, we encounter something, and we just. You know, uh, I was thinking on a normal day, I would, my goal was to get to 40 miles. It didn't happen. That certainly didn't discourage me. I said, you know what, I'm going to do what I need to do to manage these conditions, manage and, 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 and stay safe. Because, again, if you don't know what you're doing out there, you can run into heat exhaustion and or heat stroke. And we get into heat stroke, that's when your organs start to shut down because your body's overheating. Yeah. And so I, I chose the safety. I chose the safety of slowing down and really, like I said, um, carefully managing the fluids, and I even took ice and put it in my runner cap, so as I started my next lap around the 3.3-mile lap, I was—I had ice that was melting on top of my head, and the water was going down my body to, again, keep me cool in those conditions, mm. and um, so, but like I said, it was one of those situations, well, you know, this is not perfect conditions, and God you know none of us as we we go through life we like to we like to think that uh if something's going to turn out just the way we want it or just the way we think it should happen and but it doesn't and we have to sometimes readjust our strategy pivot and continue through and like i said that that was a stunning result i never i wasn't even keeping track of where i was in the race i had no idea it didn't matter to me i just wanted to complete the 10 hours and uh and like i said i readjusted my goal to get to 36 and thankfully i was able to do that but uh, well, like I said, to, uh, to, to be a podium finisher, uh, that's never been a you know, a goal of mine going into a race to, to, to have something like that happen. So.
1: Wow. Pete Fulch is my guest. We'll be back with him for one more segment. Hang on. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Back again one more time with Pete Fulch, who uh, just told us an amazing story. A 10-hour, 36-mile race. That by the grace of God, he was not only able to complete, but he took third place among men. That, that is an astounding, I mean, if it, again, we use the terminology, you won bronze, you won third place. If it were the Olympics, that's what that would be. You were on the, the, the medal stand, if you will, mm-hmm. and won that. But one other detail, got to ask this, were you carrying the flag in that race?
0: Great question, Mike. I, yes, I was carrying the flag. So the ultimate goal was, uh, to, again, uh, my ultimate, the goal was to get to 40 miles carrying the flag. And, um, and so I carried it 36 miles in that race. Uh, so yes, the flag was there and, wow. uh, it was great to, um, to have folks again, uh, applaud as they saw the flag. They're not applauding me. They're applauding the flag. And, um, and, and and I got into some conversations with folks. Folks will ask you, why are you carrying that flag? Because some people think it's maybe because I'm, you know, it's, it's it's I'm campaigning for something. I said, no, it's nothing for like that. But like I got into a conversation with one gal, and I said, I just remind you know that no matter once again, who, you, what, you, we can have a difference of opinion, and we can view things differently. We may come from different backgrounds, but we're, again, as Americans, we're all on the same team. And again, I could tell that just really resonated with her. Um, because again, some people ask that question, they're not sure what the, what, what the answer is going to be, or are they already kind of thinking, oh, this is, you know, no, this is, this is, this is about unity. This is about, again, expressing gratitude for our country. Well, our I'm North
1: sure Coast. it makes a big difference to them. And, and I would think Pete, uh, I would not only be applauding the flag. If I saw it do that, I would be applauding your effort to carry that flag and just to let you know how much it would have meant to me, even though I am not a, a veteran per se, um, I, I have a deep love for the military. I have a deep love for our country and were I in the stands and see the, uh, at the finish line. And here comes this guy that up until that moment I had not seen at all. And he is running and he's trucking down that pathway toward finish line. Carrying a three by five American flag on a wood pole, yeah, I'd be thinking like, yeah, there, that is a statement right there. Mm. That that is a statement of uh, of patriotism that we're just not seeing enough of today. I appreciate it. You know, I had a chance, Pete, to interview uh, a guy that I think you would have really loved talking to. His name's Jonathan Isaac, one of the uh, basketball players for the Orlando yeah, Magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he wrote the book "Why I Stand," uh, and it's all about standing during the national anthem for when the mm-hmm. when everyone is uh, facing the flag and and uh, putting the hand on the heart. Supposedly, that's what was typical protocol when I was growing yeah. up. That's what everyone did. Everyone was quiet, respectful, standing, and thanking God in our own hearts for the fact that we we're able to live in a free country like what we live. So, right. you know, I appreciated Jonathan's stand and, and really the, the role that he's playing right now uh, yeah. is, is a big one for his generation. And I'm praying for hmm. people like Jonathan Isaac, praying for you thanking God that we have people who are still to this day standing up for America and saying, hey, I'm going to do this. Well, so th- this is really tremendous, man. You've you've weathered some serious storms. You know, there's a, an, an old saying that sometimes God allows difficulties to come around to reinvent what we're doing. And, <clears throat> you know, that's really what you've done. You've reinvented yourself in a real way Uh, by just taking one step at a time as the Lord brought that step. And now you're working for this company as a consultant in an area that you had not worked in before, but you've adapted. What does that say? What can you use what's going on in your life right now, just to make general statements for people who might be needing to do the same thing?
0: That's a great question. That's a great question, Mike. Um, you know, one of my uh, all-time favorite Old, Old Testament verses is Isaiah 40:31. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. And I, I, I've just seen and experienced, you know, God just demonstrating that strength, that new strength in different ways and in different um arenas if you will uh whether it be again from a career standpoint with running um i don't know if i mentioned i have a group at my church that i that i run with that we have a running ministry no Um, i've actually had a chance to coach 47 other folks to run their first half or full distance marathon and um and it is so true that when we are truly uh placing our trust in the lord that um um, there is hope there. There is uh, that He will renew our strength, and it may not necessarily be in our timing or the, in the way we think it should happen. But um, I, I just encourage your listeners that uh, don't, uh, you know, resolve to continue in the call that God has for your your life. Mm. Um, and, you know, I I, I kind of have the theme of having the heart of a finisher, and that, and and that's the beauty of 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 you know, what God's doing in my life is he's, he's continues to work in my heart. And, and he's called me to, to have a heart of, of a finisher and to inspire others to have a heart of a finisher. Doesn't mean we're in first place. or doesn't mean we make the podium, but we finish the race. We're called to run, finish. Well, we're called, you know, Jesus as in Hebrews, uh, the, or Paul, excuse me, uh, Paul, uh, will, uh, you know, Says, let us run the race, the race with endurance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the Author and Perfecter of our faith. So we are, whatever we're called to do, we're called to do it well. We're in cont- and, and challenges come along the way. Uh, you get resistance, you get challenges, you get times of fatigue and tiredness, and um, and of course, the God, the God does call us to rest. And I tell my runners, you know, rest is part of the training program here. So yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, there are times where we do need to rest. That's part of how we allow the body to revitalize and rebuild the muscles to rebuild after breaking down after workout. But um, but yeah, um, you, you know, my my you know, God just continues to work in my heart and just um, and, and, and 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 purify my heart uh, as I'm out there and um, you know to make sure again that it's all to His glory. Pete, there because seems again, to be a,
1: a correlation between what you do. I mean, you're a person of passion. Uh, As a speaker, you throw yourself into everything you do. Uh, You could tell you're fully engaged when you speak to an audience. Now you've described this new uh, kind of uh, opportunity that uh, just just came upon you, really, through this friend who was saying, hey, you need to do this. We're looking for Mm -hmm. this. And you start doing that. And so I guess what I'm saying is, is that there's a lot to invest to become a professional speaker at your caliber, at your level. And uh, then you add this other thing in your life, this running thing that, that seems on some ways, it would be a completely different track, no pun intended, uh, mm-hmm. an entirely different. But I get the feeling from listening to you that these two things are almost like hand in hand they
0: are connected and um absolutely mike and uh you know my 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 organization or my the company I've I'm started here is called second wind finish strong and so there is certainly uh a physical component to that there's an emotional mental and spiritual component and so um so yeah i wherever i mean again the the group i work with uh with the 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 training um, project training that I do. Uh, again, it's 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 funny because I, I'll do I'll work with an individual and do some technical training, and um, and then and again they're coming into sometimes these training sessions a little bit anx- anxious because this is new and we're kind of changing their world a little bit. But to have them leave that training session or leave that one on one uh, what we call lab session that we do. And and they're feeling better. They're feeling good about it. They're feeling more confident about it. Their energy is different. Their countenance before and after is different. And that's what I'm, that's what we're talking about with revitalization that, you know what, uh, we got all this change going on, but I had someone work with me to kind of, to help me through this, to help me better understand this, to take me through the training, to help my skills. And, um, and so, we, and again, I, I have been guilty as anybody else. I'm, I'm not, here I'm teaching about change, but I don't like change myself. None of us, we don't. And so, but you know what? God puts us in those positions where He says, you know what? Trust me in this. Um, and, and, he, and there's times where He intensely doesn't show me what's exactly happening around the corner. Mm-hmm. He knows, but I don't know. And that's part of how our faith gets built. Our faith is strengthened, and we know we can trust Him, even though, you know, like I said before, this you know, initially I, I this this role I have now. Hey, this is not my fastball, Lord. This is not what I normally do. This is not what this is not my favorite thing to do. But you know what? I you know he has we've some neat things have happened through it. And again, I've been stretched. I have grown with uh, doing this.
1: Well, I think so. I don't see how you couldn't be. I mean, you're you know you think about it mile number 22. I don't know mm-hmm. what that is, but you know when I'm traveling. Uh, the, and if uh, we go up to see Cindy's mom, it's about a 16-hour drive. You, you might make it in 15 if the weather's great and you mm-hmm. don't have any uh, slowdowns along the way or and you take really fast uh, restaurant stops. Uh, you might make it in 15. But mm-hmm. when you're doing that, and we do that often in one sitting, we'll, in one straight drive. We don't mm-hmm. break it wow. up over two days. Mm-hmm. And I find... That that last two hours it's basically from Gainesville to Orlando that last two hours it's a killer so uh-huh. i'm I'm thinking for you when you hit mile number twenty four and you've got two miles to go, I would think two things are excited number one. You're excited at the fact that this thing is two miles away from being over, but number mm-hmm. two, you're excited at the fact that you don't know that you can make it. <laughs> I mean yeah. is that true? <laughs> I mean, holy cow, I can't imagine how that must be on you.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely as you get closer and depending on what has happened before that uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know your, your pace and maybe you've had something maybe you've you know, got cramps and you're, you've stretched or strained a muscle or whatever but um um there there's also the feeling that i'm within range lord i i i i know i'm if 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 i walk the rest of the way if i'm at mile 24 you know i look at my watch i am in range even if i have to walk the rest of this mm-hmm. um but yeah that that final those final miles those are ten, they, they they can be the slowest miles It's like i just want to get there <laughs> so, and finish but um and then, of course, if I'm training someone else, and I've had some of the most greatest experiences of my life, crossing the finish line with someone else who's doing it for the first time.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: And that, that's been very powerful. And that's another thing that God has shown me, per your earlier question here, is that that's what we're all designed to do. We mm. are designed to help each other cross the finish line, to finish well. And, um, you know, we don't know what our, how long our time is here on Earth but we are that is part of our role is to encourage each others as brothers and sisters in Christ to keep running to keep to, to keep to keep a, a stay on that call that God has got has 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 got you on to 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 run your race well mm-hmm. and um and uh and to to hear that you know as we cross the finish line somebody says i just didn't think i could do something like this i didn't think i could run 26.2 miles wow and um so
1: well, I'm proud of you, man. I'm just so grateful to know you. You are an inspiration. I, I think your story, it's more than just a metaphor to to the life lessons that you've also learned as we've talked about through COVID and the changes in your job and getting laid off as you did with really no pay and uh, no uh, just ability to go beyond that. Uh, and, and yet, just like in the race, you hung in there, you got your second wind, and mm-hmm. you're finishing strong. And I think that's the big deal, dude. So thank you for doing that. Pete, give us your website for Second Wind Finish Strong.
0: Well, thank you, Mike. Yes, yeah, thank you for the time uh, today, and thank you, listeners. Um, yeah, my, my, my website is Second Wind Finish Strong. Uh, I also am on LinkedIn if you folks want to check me out there. Um, and um, uh, and you know my 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 immediate contact my cell phone is 407, 733-8121. And um, yeah, I'd love to if, uh, if you or your group, your organization, your church, your nonprofit, your company has a need for any kind of uh, team building, revitalization, leadership development. Um, I've got some specific things that I can uh, I, that I've put together that I think can help. And again, ultimately, uh, to help um, whether it's employees, whether it's living out your life for Christ again, to finish, to 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 have that second win and finish strong there. So, so I, I again, thank you, thank you everyone for your time today. Appreciate the opportunity to be on the on the air today.
1: Fun chat with you, Pete. Really enjoy it, friends. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.